Thanks for tuning in. We hope this message encourages and challenges you today. Now here's Pastor Marco DeBarros. Glad you're here. No better place to be on a Sunday morning. Can you say amen? It's awesome. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open your Bibles to the third book of John. John wrote letters, and this is, the reason why it says third John is because it's his third letter. So it's towards the end of the Bible. If you go towards the end, uh, right next to Revelation, if you get to Revelation, uh, backtrack a little bit. If you have a phone, you just click third John um, (laughs) on your Bible app. Just want to read one verse to you this morning. I want to talk to you about the well-being of your soul. I'm going to title this message, My Soul, My Responsibility. Maybe you guys can put me down a little bit. My Soul, My Responsibility. Tell your neighbor, it's your responsibility. It's your soul, it's your responsibility. Check out this one verse uh, in John. It's only one chapter. So in John chapter 1, look at this verse 2. It says, dear friend. Again, John is writing to this, to this man. Uh, he calls him a friend. He says, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. That's awesome. I pray, new life, that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Amen. Amen. We want to live well. A few weeks ago, I had my annual physical checkup. I skipped it last year, so I went this year um, and get my you know, regular checkup. How many of you guys go to you your regular physical checkup? Some of y'all, the way your Obamacare is set up. <laughs> I will not get political, okay? I'm, I won't. I refuse to. Just a joke. But um, so I went to get my uh, annual checkup, and, and you guys know the routine, right? You, you, you go and you sit and you wait for your name to be called, and, and this time around they had uh, uh, an, a series of questions even before I got in the door about, you know, it was more about my mental health first. You know, they were like, are you, you okay? Like, uh, are you depressed? You know, are you like suicidal? Like, it was like all those kind of questions, mental health questions before I even get in the door. Are you sleeping okay? Like, does your life have meaning? You know, it felt like one of those, like, you ever watch those medicine commercials? Like, this thing's going to kill you, but you're going to die in the process. You know, your diarrhea will be cured, but you will suffer a heart attack and die. But this medicine... And it's always funny because those medicines, you ever watch, like, people are smiling and riding their bikes. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> you know. And then, it, why is it that all these medicines have, like, really weird names? Spavitsa or something. <laughs> Spavitsa will cure you, but it will kill you at the same time. But all is well. Take heart, you know. Uh, and so I'm, I'm over here filling out this stuff, and I'm feeling like, uh, I feel like, depending on the day, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like some of these questions are yes on certain days, like Mondays. 
You know, they say every preacher wants to quit on a Monday. You're like, yes, I'm glad that wasn't on a Monday. I think, I don't, I don't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, but it was one of those days. And then, you know, and then they call you in, and the first thing they do is check your weight. Remember, like, you got Cana, like, oh, get on the scale. And I had one of those nurses that, I don't think she was impressed by anything in life. Um, <laughs> I don't know what kind of day she was having. But I get on the scale, and, uh, and she doesn't say a word. She just... I get on the scale. She looked at me. Look at me. I'm like, I'm looking at this number, but I'm like, why are you looking like that though? Like, in my head, I'm already justifying it. Don't you? Like, I'm, I'm fully clothed. <laughs> I got my phone on me. I got my keys. I got my wallet. You, that's about 10, 15 pounds right there. Like, I don't know why you're looking at me like that. <laughs> Y'all do that too? You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, nah, that's 10, 15 for sure. You know? And then I, I, I get in the room, and, and now they take your, take your blood pressure. And she gave me the number, and I said, is that, is that good? She goes, it's all right. I'm like, yo, what's... Like, first you're judging me on my weight. Now my blood pressure is all right. Like, like what, you having a bad day? You know? She then proceeds to ask me her questions. Isn't it interesting when you go to the doctor, how many times they ask you about your date of birth? Like, they want to make sure, are you really you? Like, I think they ask you, like, five to seven times, like, what's your date of birth? Are you sure? Someone else comes in, what's your date of birth? Are you sure? You know, and then the doctor comes in, and he, and he does his thing, and he, you know, he has his 21 questions. But the first time that I realized, this is, like, the first time in my life that I realized how, like, personal and invasive a doctor visit is. You ever thought about that? Like, it's pretty personal. It's pretty evasive. Because he's asking me 21 questions about my life. Like, stuff, questions that, like, it's even like some of my close people don't ask me. Are you drinking? No. (laughs) Do you smoke? Uh, No. Why are you asking me these weird questions? Who are your closest friends? No, you didn't ask that. Um. (laughs) You know, you know what I'm talking about? All those questions. And, like, if that wasn't, like, evasive enough, then he's like, take off your shirt. It's like, oh my gosh, doctor, like, I come here once a year. <laughs> yeah, you ever thought about it that way? Like, how evasive it is? Like, but why do we put up with it? We put up with it because we believe it's for our benefit. Yeah. It's for the well-being of our lives, yeah. right? No one goes to the doctor and like, I can't believe he was judging me, <laughs> right? You say, hey, doc, if this is going to help me, yes, I'll pull down my pants and cough three times. <laughs> like, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> I was, uh, I was rehearsing that this morning, and I was, I was trying to picture how you guys were going to respond, and you responded the way that I thought you would respond, so it went well, the way I thought it was going to go. So, how do, where do we go from there? Um, but for real though, like, it's very personal, it's very evasive, it's very like in your face. Right, but why? Because we believe that they're there for the well-being of our lives. Yeah. Right. So, so, so think about that. Right. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, we 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 get defensive when things get too personal, but we don't get defensive with the doctor because we believe the doctor's trying to help us. Come on. Come on. Are you following? 
You know what I mean? Like we live in a society that's like so consumed with everybody's judging, everybody's condemning, everybody's this. But it's like maybe sometimes people are trying to get personal to help you. Yeah. But here you are getting defensive instead of receiving what's good for you. Like if someone's trying to help you, if someone's trying to speak life into you, but you're getting all defensive. You don't go to your doctor and get defensive. And I'm never coming back, doctor. Come on. Thanks. Come on, talk to me. Like if he's helping me, I'm going to receive it. Yeah. If he's helping me, yeah, I'm going to take off my shirt and you're going to touch me. <laughs> hey, two grown men in a room. <laughs> All right? But we put up with it because we believe it's for the well-being of our lives. And that's for our physical well-being. How much more do we need spiritual well-being? Because we are mind, body, and soul. Yes. And the Bible says, I want you to live a healthy life, not just physically, but also I want your soul to be healthy. And in order for your soul to be healthy, we got to get intimate. We got to get close. We got to get very evasive. We got to get in there and get into some things that might be, we have to deal with if we're going to be healthy, church. Talk to me. It's not judging and condemning. It's actually growth to get closer and get healthy and see what God wants to do. You know, and so he asked me all these questions, and then, and then I flipped it on him. I said, Doc, how are you? <laughs> I did. You know, and, 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 then, and then out of that question, we end up having a great conversation. Because I said, I want, I want, how about you, Doc? How are you doing? Yeah. Like, how can I pray for you, Doc? Come because, on. you know, I have a physical being, but you have a soul. Right? And, and, and if I can help you, you can help me. Yeah, help me in the physical. I'm going to help you in the spiritual, Doc. Because you have a soul that needs help. So by the time we were done, he gave me a physical. I gave him a spiritual. <laughs> you know? We prayed in his office. And you're talking about getting intimate? The doctor gave me a hug. When was the last time your doctor gave you a hug? Right? Like we prayed, he's like, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Man. What a great day. Got my shirt off with the doctor. We're chilling and we're praying together. Like, we're best friends. I don't get that close to my best friends. <laughs> Last time you hung out with your best friend with no shirt. Praying. You know? But it was a great reminder of how, you know, we want our lives to go well, but we, we, we have a physical, but we also have a spiritual. You know, and once in a while, we need to have a spiritual checkup. So you didn't know this, but this is your appointment this morning. This is your spiritual checkup. We're going to go through a spirit. Are you ready to go get a little bit evasive and we'll keep our shirts on? Okay. But we're going to bear our souls a little bit here this morning. Are you okay with that? Too late. You're in here. But the Bible teaches us that we are triune beings. The Bible says that we are spirit we are soul, and we are body. That God, a triune being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, created us in his image and likeness, and he created us with these three parts. The spirit is the God conscience part that needs to be born again so he can understand the things of God. Right? That's the first thing. Jesus says you must be born again. Why? Because your spirit needs to be reborn so he can understand the things of God. Like, if your spirit is not reborn, everything I'm saying sounds like this. Wah, 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 Jesus. I don't get it. Well, because your spirit needs to be reborn to be able to understand what the spirit of God is trying to communicate to your spirit. But then you have a soul. 
That's your self-conscious part. That's where we use words like will, emotions, right, choices. You know, the Bible has many words for the soul. The word soul is used 400 times in the Bible, but also is used when he's talking about your will, your emotions, right? That's the core part of you. And then you have your body, the sense or the world part, right? Your body is the shell. I just did a funeral this week and it's reminded me that, you know, the body, that's just a shell. We know that that person is not really there. He has a soul that, that's left his body, but his real him is the self-conscious part. The soul part of him is the real person. That's right. Can you say amen? amen? And so this morning I want to ask you this question. How is your soul? How are you doing? Because, because we live in a society where very shallow people, how are you doing? Good. But, but truth is, if we get to get a checkup, we got to start figuring out maybe, maybe, maybe there's some things there we need to figure out. There's some things there. And that's why I think some people don't want to grow because growth requires inspection. Growth re- requires that I go a little bit deeper than just the surface. Right? Like if there's something wrong with my physical body, that's what the physical is all about. I'm there for him to analyze me and to give me his, what? His advice on how do I get my life on the right track, right? Because after I was done with that, he says, I want, not, I want you to go now and do a blood work. Why? Because he's done some things in the surface, but the blood will reveal deeper things. Right? In the surface, it looks one way, but the blood can say, come on, talk to me. Right? In the surface, everything looks good, but, but the soul needs to be checked to make sure that we're living the healthy life, that things are going well. The goal is not to expose us for the sake of exposing. The goal is to expose things that need to be healed, that need to be restored, that need to be dealt, right, so that we can live better lives. And so why does God bring us together? Because he wants us to have better lives. And once in a while he says, how about we do a soul checkup to see how you're doing? Can you say amen? I hope you're taking notes today because this will affect your life. I believe this. Is why we're here. We're not here to just check out a religious thing. No, we're here to grow. We're here to become better souls. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? amen? So I begin the way that they begin. In the office. I'll ask you this question. How's your weight? I mean, how's your spiritual weight? Okay. How's your spiritual weight? How are you doing? Like, do you feel heavy? Okay, and don't worry, I'm talking spiritually. <laughs> I'm talking spiritually because you can be lean physically, but you can be heavy in the spirit. Right? You could be the most healthiest person. Like you could be doing, you know, those crazy things that people do nowadays in gyms everywhere, right? It's turned into a cult. You know what I'm talking about? Like you can be those people that are obsessed with their physical, but your physical is not the whole you. Because you could be jacked, but you could be lean in the spirit. How's your weight? How's your spiritual weight? Like if we were to take a, uh, 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 your, 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 your blood pressure right now in the spirit, is it good? It's good. Is it regulated? It's good. Is it where it needs to be? It's good. Right? Because, because I don't know if you understand this, but stress is not healthy for your soul. 
But stress is actually your soul telling you something is wrong. Right? Stress is not just there to be stressed. Stress is there to say there's something else going on deeper here. You need to like check your soul. Right? Like the way God has orchestrated our body, our body's in tune with our soul and our soul is in tune with our spirit. Like the whole thing is connected, right? If there's something going on in your physical, it's because something deeper is going on in your spirit. Right? And this is why Jesus said this about your spiritual weight. Well, look, Jesus said this. It's a powerful thing. Because he looked around and he saw people just heavy. And look what he says. He goes, he goes, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I, I give you is light. Jesus could see the human soul. And he says, I can see that you're burdened. I can see that you're tight. <laughs> I can see that you're stressed. He's saying, I, I, my invitation is, come to me. Right? Like, he didn't say, come to church. He said, go to a building. You know, come to me. Like, come to me. Because I will give you rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like, you have to understand that, like, remember, Jesus lived in a time, a rural time, where people used to be farmers. Okay? And so the yoke he's talking about is, is, is like people know, understand that, that when they used to farm, you would have two animals and they would be yoked together and so they can thread the grain, right? So you can have a harvest. Jesus is saying, in order for you to have a healthy life, a, ha- a healthy harvest in life, you need to be yoked with the right person that is going to help you carry this load. Okay. And the way it works is like this. Aaron, come here for a second. Listen, so you have, you have these two animals, right? But what they used to do is they would always put the older one on the outside and the, new, and the younger one on the inside because the older one could carry more weight, right? And so the yoke is around their neck. It looks, it looks hard, but it's not because why? The way it's balanced is that the oldest one, the most the experience is carrying all the weight. And what you're doing is you're going with the support of that weight. This is why when you play in sports, when you get hurt, what do they do? They put two people around you and they help you carry your weight outside. Why? So you don't have to put your weight on your ankle. Jesus is saying, you don't have to put all your weight on you. You can put it on me because I have the strength. That... My friends, is what prayer is all about. Prayer is not telling Jesus, you know, everything's wrong. Prayer is telling Jesus, I need to give this to you. This is why the Bible says, cast all your cares upon him. Because he cares about you. Like he walks hand in hand with you. And and he can tell that you're stressed, that you're tight. And he's saying, oh, that's my invitation. We miss it sometimes when we make it about going to a building. No, the invitation is to come to Jesus. The invitation is to come to a person who can actually alleviate the stress, the anger, the bitterness, the frustration, anything that's toxic to your soul, right? Because we live in a society right now where we're so consumed with the physical, but not realizing that we're mind, body, and soul. Like, we need our spirits to be healthy, right? It's not just what the health, that's, that's part of it, and I believe in it. Even though I make fun of it, believe me, I'm with you. After this doctor's visit, I'm really with you. (laughs) 
Things are going to change. I had a revival in the office. But I needed to be deeper than that. The conversation that I had with him was powerful because we're talking physical. But when I, when I asked him how he was doing, all we talked about things that are not physical. Here's a doctor with a PhD saying to me, Man, you're so right. Life is so much more than just... Because he's been through some things in his life, very devastating situations that makes you go deeper than just the physical. Can you say amen? <laughs> we want to clap. Let's, let's clap. The grace of Jesus, please write this down. The grace of Jesus is the ability to take the pressure off of yourself. That's the grace. That's the grace. That's why I love the psalm, that crown. It's, it's I can take my rightful place. I'm not God. Pressure's off. It's one of the greatest revelations in life. When I don't live my life like I'm the God. I'm the one that makes to make everything happen. I'm the one that needs to like do this. If I don't do it, who will? Maybe Jesus will. <laughs> Maybe I need to trust Jesus. If you're tight in your spirit today, it's because you're carrying weight that you're not meant to carry. You're not meant to carry extra loads. You're not meant to be stressed. You're not meant to be angry. We're not meant to be bitter. Those things will happen in life, but we're not meant to take them on. I tell people all the time, if you're having a bad day, who doesn't? If you're having two bad days, it happens. But when you start having bad weeks and bad months, that's on you. You've made the choice to carry those things on you. When Jesus is saying, come to me and release those things. And give them to me. Pressure's off. Tell your friend, pressure's off. Like, for real, you look tight. <laughs> Here's the second question, right? We're going to get a little evasive, right? A little close. But how's your diet? Yeah. Not physical, but spiritual. How's your spiritual diet? Because the Bible talks about things that will come and corrupt your soul. There are viruses in the spirit, just like there are viruses in the physical. Like when I live in a house with five kids, listen, we got viruses every other month. We just had one. And once it hits one, it hits all of them. And the good thing is I'm K Verdian. We don't believe in germs. Like we didn't accept that <laughs> into our system. I don't believe in germs. Okay. That's how I don't get sick. I don't believe in it. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Oh, man. I really heard someone say that one time. Someone said, <laughs> like, man, you've been smoking all your life. How do you never got sick? I don't believe in it. <laughs> well, that's the secret. That's the secret. You don't believe it was bad for you, then you always. <laughs> but how is your spiritual diet? Because the Bible talks about that, that your soul is a sacred place. Yes. It needs to be protected. Yes. Right? When there's a virus at home, man, you should see my wife. She, she goes on the attack. Like, the whole house smells like Lysol. There's areas that are like contaminated areas. Like you go there. I remember one time I was sick. Like she didn't leave me. I, I didn't leave my room in two weeks. Felt like I was in jail. I had stuff in my mouth. Right, I, I was getting food under the, under the door. My, I had a long beard. Grew a fro. I was sick. She's like, you ain't getting the kids sick. <laughs> Stayed in that room. Dad is in contamination. 30 days. 
know. But that's what you do, right? When you're sick, you, 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 you want to get rid of the virus. You don't mingle with the virus. You don't hang out with the virus. You don't justify the virus. You don't say it is what it is. Right? You don't say, don't judge me because I'm sick. <laughs> right? You want to get better. You don't want to stay the same. So the Bible talks about viruses in the soul. Let me give you an example. Look, Ephesians chapter 4 says this. Look, it says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. There's a way that you live that can bring sorrow to the same spirit that's trying to bless you. Okay? Remember, he has identified you as his own. Guaranteeing you that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So the Holy Spirit is for you. But he's saying, don't bring things into your life that's going to grieve the Holy Spirit from working in your life. Don't allow things to come and contaminate this relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit. Because he's holy. He doesn't just, just let things slide. That's not, it's not that he doesn't let things slide. It's that like he can't coexist yes. with things that are not of his will. Come on, come on. And he goes on to tell you what some things are. Look, he goes on to tell get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. There's viruses that we cannot allow to coexist in our souls, right? And he says, look, the viruses are things like bitterness. You know, some people will not move on with their lives because they're bitter. They're having a good day, and then they see the person they haven't forgiven yet, and their whole day is ruined. That's a virus. That's a virus. It's contaminating you. It's hurting you, and it's keeping you from growing, and for being free and living the life that God created you to live. For some people, it's rage. Right? Some people, it's anger. It's harsh words. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Remember, I'm just keeping it real. No, no, you got a virus. You got a virus you need to deal with. That virus is called keeping it real virus. <laughs> Slander is when you're always putting people down. As well as all types of evil, evil behavior. The Bible's like, I don't even have time to name all of them. <laughs> you got to deal with some of these viruses. Right? And then he says, look, look at the antibiotic. Right? Look, be kind. That's good. Like, you ever thought about kindness as an antibiotic? Don't you know sometimes the best way to resolve issues is to just be kind? Right? You don't fight fire with fire. Oh, yeah, let me tell you. You know? <laughs> it's like, no, now you're both sick. <laughs> Tenderhearted is an antibiotic. Forgiveness is an antibiotic. Yep. It's one of the most powerful antibiotics yep. to forgive, to let go, to release. Because you're not just forgiven for the sake of that person, you're forgiven for the sake of yourself. <laughs> so you don't carry that virus of unforgiveness. Yes. Right? Just as God through Christ has forgiven you, that's the ultimate. Antibiotic. Jesus like, I forgive you. Why are you holding on to a virus that I've already released you from? Can you say amen? Listen, what are you feeding yourself? Again, I love it that we're all into this health kick lately. I think it's awesome. But we've got to go deeper. 
it's got to be deeper than just physical. It's got to be spiritual. Like, what are you feeding yourself? You ever thought about this? Your soul, like the way God created you, your eyes, Jesus said, is the window to your soul. So you got to ask the question, if my eyes are windows to my soul, what am I feeding my eyes? Because, because what I'm looking at is going to affect my soul. So a believer in Christ who wants to live God's will and wants the best of God's intention for them is asking the question, am I feeding my eyes the right things? You know what Job said? Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. I made an agreement. I made, I made a commitment to my eyes. He said, I will not look at another woman lustfully. Why? Because I don't want my soul to be corrupted. It's not your eyes. It's your soul. Okay? It's your soul that gets corrupted. Okay? Well, like, what do you watch? Because we live in an age of binge watching. But I honestly think it's hurting our souls. Like, I don't want to get legalistic and tell you what to watch, what not to watch. I'm saying, be smart about what you're feeding your soul. Like, when you're done watching it, is it making you more like Jesus? Maybe that's a sign. If it's making you feel crappy and angry and bitter and more the other you than the one that God created you to be, ask the question, is this helping my soul? Because sometimes you watch something, you ever watch something you feel like crap afterwards? Like seriously. I told, I told my wife, uh, the kids at school were talking about this show, 13 Reasons Why. I said, I'm going to watch it because I need to know what they're talking about. And I was done watching it, I felt like crap. Because we glorified something we shouldn't play with. We're glorifying emotions and suicide and depression. Listen, we can make a show out of that. The problem is it's affecting young people's souls and how they're dealing with life and how they see in life. That's not the way God intended for us to deal with life, putting it all out there and, 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 and thinking that we're helping. We're not helping, we're hurting. So the believer is smart about their entertainment choices. Your eyes, the Bible says your ears are the gateway. You know the Bible says faith comes by hearing? If it does, then what am I feeding it? Am I feeding it faith things? Or am I feeding it fear things? You got to ask these questions, guys. Seriously. Like, this is the stuff that makes us or breaks us. This is the stuff that we're either thriving or we're just grinding. The things that we choose to put into our system. Okay, this is not about do's and don'ts. This is about, man, I want to live my life on a higher level. Like, I want to live my life on a higher level. I don't want to be contaminated by the viruses and evil and stuff that the world is trying to push at me. Don't you know the world preaches more than we do? There's never a day the world doesn't preach. There's not one day. Every commercial is a message. Every song is a message. Everything the world does is preach to tell you live your life this way, not God's way. Are we paying attention? Come on. It's not just entertainment. It's entertainment with a bias. Yep. Yeah. That's good. It's all bias that the world has. Listen, the news, stop watching it. <laughs> like, for real, you want to stop corrupting your soul? Because it, it, it's clear, it's about fear. Yeah. How can we scare you so you can stick around and we can scare you some more? Can I tell you, here's how I've been watching the news lately, right? I grab this phone, right, and I go, okay, here are the headliners. Mm, okay, I'm good. <laughs> That's my news. 
I know what's going on. If there's something really that I'm like, I, I, I should know more about this, and I'll read it, but that's about it. Yeah. Right? Because it's all fear. Fear sells. Yep. I told my wife, I think we have a weird obsession with fear. Yes. Like we, we look for things to be fearful of. Yeah, come on. Right? This is why the whole what the hell thing, I was making fun of it. You know why? Because it's always about fear. Yeah. Why is it that it's always extremes? Yeah. Don't eat anything. <laughs> You're going to die. I'm telling you, I'm waiting for the day that people are like, stop breathing. We just found out breathing, bad for you. I'm waiting. It's going to come out. There's a documentary coming. Somebody's saying, don't breathe. <laughs> like, so it's like, well, I don't mind, you know, being educated, but why is it that it always has to be about fear? Yeah. Someone asked me today, how come you never preach about hell? Why? That's what's going to make you follow God? Fear. Why can't we preach about heaven and where we want to go? Right? I don't want to be that guy trying to scare you into heaven. That's, that's nonsense. I believe in hell. I believe it's real. I believe a lot of people will go to hell. I don't, we don't want to hear that. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you, go <laughs> repent or burn. I don't believe in fear. Hey, why do we do grow track? It's like you want to get involved. Come. You should be serving. Why are you not serving? Why are you not giving? It's like, what? Who wants that? No, I want to, I want to preach higher. I want to live higher than just fear. Stop watching the news. Stop sharing bad news. That's a choice. Why is it some people, all they do is share terrible stuff? It's like, what, what is your obsession? Like, we, we've been desensitized that we don't even care what we're sharing anymore. Oh my gosh, I should share this. Why don't you share good news? When was the last time you said, man, I went to church and it was fantastic, it was awesome, God blessed me, you should come too, like, this is a great place for you, as opposed to sharing New Bedford Guide crap. God bless them, but man, seriously, why don't we share like, the good things about New Bedford? Because I'm sure if you look for it, you'll find it. It's all about perspective. If you want to find good, you'll find good. If you want to find bad, you don't have to look far. But I read something powerful the other day. Someone said, why is it that we're more obsessed with, with sharing all the bad things about the world, but not sharing with the goodness of the Lord? Because it's both there. It's just a matter of choice. Can I, can I, can I, listen, I'm your doctor this morning. <laughs> MD, Marco de Barros. <laughs> University of Cape Verde. <laughs> <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Once in a while, cut off social media from your diet. Just cut it off. Once in a while I do that, I'll, I'll take everything off my phone, and then I look like a fiend. So I don't know what to do with my phone. I'm like this. What am I looking at? My calendar. <laughs> Again. My notes. I got to go over my notes one more time. Like right now, I don't have any social media. So I'm like, uh, Bank of America. How much money? <laughs> Check my email again. Group me, I wish they would stop. 
<laughs> man, y'all didn't group me in this church. I'm gonna start using group me now that I have no apps. Hey, guy, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about nothing. <laughs> Are you getting this? Yeah. I, I gotta go. Number three, look, we 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 have to. Uh, here's a here's a cuss word. We gotta exercise. <laughs> we gotta exercise. You know what the Bible talks about spiritual exercise. Look, let me prove it to you. Look, the Bible says this. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but not much more in my absence, continue to, what's the word? Work out your salvation. Work out your salvation. Like your salvation is meant to be worked out. Okay. With fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. How cool is that? God's working on you, but you got some working out to do. As God's working on you, you got some working out to do. Like, and usually when those two are, are, are in, in tune, in sync, there's growth. Right? It says work out your salvation. You know salvation is a gift to be treasured? That you need to work it out every day? You know that your relationship with God is work? Just like your marriage is work? Don't ever buy into that lie, we fell out of love. Well, did you work at it? I can't relate to my kids. Well, did you work at it? Because it's all a workout. People are like, ah, yeah, I was, you know, here's, here's the danger of church. Ah, I used to be so on fire for Jesus. Wait, what happened? Where did he go? You stopped working out. You stopped working out. Because trust me, he's there. Right? He's there. Salvation must be maintained. It's a healthy relationship. Only healthy relationships work when they're maintained. Right? I met a, a man that's been married for over 50 years. 50 years? That's a lot of working out. But you know what he told me? He said, uh, sometimes I don't feel married every day, but when I wake up in the morning, I see my ring. I'm reminded. I made a commitment. So I'm going to work it out. Work it out. We can, we can make excuses or we can work out. That's good. That's good. Work it. Tell your friend, work it. Work it. It's your first love. The Bible says don't forsake your first love. Jesus is your first love. Not your marriage. Not your kids. Not ministry. Ministry is not the point. Jesus is. Ministry is a reflection of your love for Jesus. If you don't have love for Jesus, you don't have love for ministry. One of the greatest obstacles of your salvation is familiarity. Familiarity breeds contempt. You buy a new car, six months later, you lost that zest for your new car. But that's just a car. Don't do that with your family. Don't do that with your relationship with Jesus. Jesus said he couldn't do miracles because they were too familiar with him. Some people don't receive this. You know why? Because they're just looking at me. They're not looking at the word. Don't get familiar with me. Get familiar with me all you want, but don't get familiar with the word of God. Don't get familiar with the message because it's not about me. You need to look through me and look at the message of God that he's speaking to all of us. Do you have a place to work out? Throughout the scriptures, go read it. 
People had sacred places where they would go and meet God. And they knew this is my sacred place of worship. Now, God is everywhere, right? God's everywhere. But there's something about meeting him in a place. Just like you, you should do with your relationships, right? Once in a while, you should take your wife out, right? Because it's special, right? You break the routine. You break the familiarity, Right, you put you 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 take the kids somewhere. If you have five, good luck. <laughs> but you break the routine to make sure that you're adding value to your relationships. You need a sacred place with Jesus. Everybody needs it. I remember when we lived in Fall River, one bedroom apartment, with like a lot of kids, and it's winter time, and I'm Cape Verdean. I don't like the cold. Okay. But my relationship with Jesus is sacred. So I had to find time. And my wife will tell you this. It became the bathtub. I would sit in the bathtub with my Bible, lock the doors, put on the fan so I don't hear, try to not hear anything out there. And I would just say, Jesus, this is my time with you. I need, I need this. Because if I don't have this, my marriage struggles. My parenting struggles. My preaching struggles. Everything else struggles. Why? Because you're the most important thing in my life. If that's not right, then everything else is off. And I don't want to live that life. I want to live right. We moved here. I have two spots. I, I was there this morning. There every Sunday morning before I come here. It's got to be real. It's a real person that I connect with. And he speaks. Just like you speak, he speaks. Do you have a sacred place? You need one. I don't have time. You need to make time. You need to make time. You got to work out your salvation. Because God's are working you. Can you say amen? amen. I, I'm running out of time. i give you one more. One more real quick. This might mess you up. But are you having fun in life? <laughs> like, I don't know if we understand this. But the glory of God is man fully alive. God wants you to have fun. If you're not having fun, you're not worshiping right. And I don't mean music, I mean life. Because people think worship is music. No, worship is a lifestyle. You ever heard of the marathon runner that said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. There's some things that God gives you as a gift of life that you love to do. You should do those things often because God takes pleasure in seeing you having fun. Parents, you're a witness to that. There's nothing more fun than to see your kids have fun. There's nothing more fun than that. One of my absolutely favorite things to do is to see my kids play. I don't want them to know. Like Carly, our three-year-old, busts out in songs all the time in our own way. It's like she'll take songs and mash them together, do our own remix, you know, in our own tone. <laughs> and I love it. It's like she's having fun. Yeah. Right? There's nothing like looking over and seeing them playing with, they don't play with toys, they play with the boxes. Yeah. So my wife, why do we buy toys anymore? Let's just go, I can go to Home Depot, go behind, and get some boxes. <laughs> Y'all got some boxes, <laughs> can I have them? I'll take the crates. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a great Christmas. That's a great idea, y'all. Like, wrap them up. Here you go. It's a box. Yes. (laughs) 
No one likes a grumpy saint. The last thing the church needs is one more grumpy saint. Matter of fact, the reason why some people don't go to church is because we're too grumpy. Come on, let's be honest for a second. Some people don't go to church because they're like, y'all are crazy. Y'all always talking about the wrath of Jesus. <laughs> He's coming back. You're going to kill everybody. I'm good. It's true. That's the first thing I think about when the person was like, why don't you preach more about hell? I'm like, to add to the grumpiness? We're already grumpy. I'm grumpy. I don't need to add to it. I'm trying to walk away from me. Because by nature, I'm grumpy. Am I the only one? I'm grumpy by nature. Not naughty. I'm grumpy by nature. Get it? Okay. I believe they cut off a commandment. The 11th commandment is supposed to be, thou shalt have fun. Seriously. Life is too short for us to be walking around grumpy, angry, upset. You don't know. Oh, my life. It's like, I don't want to know. I'm already grumpy. You're going to add to it. Look what the Bible says. Watch this. Look. In Proverbs, it says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. They watch people. They're always drained. Because they're not taking their medicine. They're not having fun. Come on. Yeah. Hey, if I was to prescribe you something right now, that would be it. Here, have fun. <laughs> Nowadays, I have to say, have healthy fun. Because y'all are crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You say have fun. It's like, oh, yeah. I've been waiting for this message. <laughs> Every week, I'm waiting. Turn up. It's lit. <laughs> Have fun. What do you like to do for fun? Do it a lot. Seriously. Yeah. Like, what do you like to do for fun? Okay. You got 168 hours every week. You got plenty of time to do everything you need to do. If not, you know, people, I don't have time. It's like, well, wait, did God make a mistake giving you 24 hours? Come on. Gave you 24 hours. If you're timing things right, you have time for everything. People are like, how do you do it with five kids? You just do it. Because you make time for the things that are important to you. Hey, it's not, there's no magic formula. Come on. People are like, how do you teach full time and, and carry a church and be a father, be a husband? So you do it. You just do it. There's, there's no science behind it. It's like, if it's important to me, I'm going to do it. And my wife already knows me by now. She knows I get grumpy. And you know what she does? She, when she knows I'm grumpy, she's like, you need to get out of the house. Go watch a movie because she knows that's what I like to do. I told you many times I'm boring, but I like to watch movies by myself, early in the morning, just me and the people that work there. I don't want anybody else around. <laughs> Those are my best days. When I walk in, it's like me and the people that work, they know me. What's good? <laughs> Give me my cherry Pepsi. Let me get my seat. Play the movie and pray no one comes in. Maybe me and a couple of senior citizens, we're kicking it. You know, senior citizens, they go to movie really early. My worst days is when there's teenagers in the movie theater. I love y'all. I was a youth pastor, but I don't want to hang out with you. It's my day off. I'm trying to chill. Okay? And replenish and refocus. Because those times alone is time to energize. And remember why we do everything that we do. And for some reason, I'll be honest with you, you may sound crazy to me, but going to the movies for me is very spiritual. Man, I get out of there like, if you, especially if it's a good movie, you're like, I'm ready to live. I'm ready to live. 
you know, what do you like to do for fun? It's important. I love to play FIFA. Pastor, you play FIFA? Yes. You don't even know what FIFA is. See, you don't even have fun. <laughs> you don't even know what FIFA is. Oh, my kids are now getting into video games. I love beating them. <laughs> Absolutely. He'll tell you. One of them is right here. I don't let them win, ever. It's like, you got to earn this, son. There's no participation trophies in this house. You're going to earn it. You're going to earn it. Seriously, I've been thinking about this because it's been convicted. Me, me personally, we're taking ourselves way too seriously. Way too seriously. Okay? We need a revival of joy. Right? We need a revival of joy. Like we need to be walking around with joy on our faces. You know what I mean? We need to be walking around like, man, we actually believe that there's a God who cares about us and he's in charge. I don't have to be worried and frustrated. You don't understand. Like, I don't want to know. Because healthy souls have fun. They enjoy life. Bible says, whatever you do in order to do it unto God, like, have fun. I don't know where we got the idea that God is grumpy. I don't see a grumpy God when I read about Jesus. He was so fun that people were like, yeah, he's always drinking. He's always partying. But what they were saying is, it's not that he was drinking and partying. It's because he was hanging out with people. But because the religious grumpies couldn't do that now they're like labeling him that's what people do you know i pray that people accuse our church of being fun that's the greatest accusation in the world they, they have too much fun over there ah. no no word of a lie one time i invited a lady to church in smithfield she came to church and she told me this i'm not making this up i said what'd you think she goes y'all are too happy yeah. i was like man that's the greatest compliment in the world i'm glad you went to church and thought it was too happy you know, because at the end of the day, man, we're, we're taking ourselves way too serious. Like, I'm done preaching. Some of y'all, pastor, when you said fun, show me the biblical, you know. It's like I just did. It says, cheerful heart. It's good medicine. You need some. Like, a lot. You don't need a spoon. You need a bottle. Open your mouth. Uh, don't want to be a grumpy church. Can you say amen? Ah, oh, man. It's so much I love to share with you. Are you guys good? Listen, healthy souls pray. They work with purpose. You know, when, you, when you're having fun, you work with purpose. You know, don't stop cursing your job. It's a blessing to work. That's why your 40 hours feel like 80. Because you're grumpy. But you know what? You ain't, you, Friday comes around. Hey. <laughs> hey, what we doing? You, there would be no Friday if, if it wasn't for Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. There would be no paycheck. You can't just show up on Friday. Hey. Better enjoy the fruit of your labor. Like, you got to work for this thing. Enjoy it while you can. Someone else wished they had a job. But you love Fridays. No, I don't believe as believers we need to just live for Fridays. Because God is with us every single day. Can you say amen? So the doctor made, he made his recommendations. Some things he's like, here's what you should do. Adjust your diet. It's my body. It's my responsibility. Just like it's your soul. It's your responsibility. 
Right? James says this as I, as I end. James says, look, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what he says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what he says, don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Someone say amen. Amen. Be a doer of the word. Learn to be with him. Because when you're being with him, it will produce the right doing. When you're being with him, when you're cultivating that, it will manifest itself in how you're doing things. I'm just talking to my kids about this. School's about to start. It's not about school. It's about your attitude about school. If you have the right attitude about school, you're going to enjoy school. Of course, I'm preaching this, but my flesh is like, did you enjoy school? (laughs) Yeah, but because I didn't doesn't mean they don't have to. Because that's what we do sometimes. We have a bad experience, and we tell someone else, you're going to have a bad experience in there. Now, let me leave you with this, church. You guys can, you guys can come up. I want to give you a homework. Again, your soul, your responsibility. Write this down. I hope you get a piece of napkin, something. Napkin. I don't know why I said napkin. Get, get, get something. Okay. Here's some questions to sit down with yourself this week. I did it this week. It's, it's a little painful, but it's also good. It's healthy. But I want you to do it two ways. I want you to do it by yourself first. But then I want you to get someone that knows you, that's walking with Jesus, to say, what do you think about me when I ask you these questions? Because sometimes we think one way, but people close to us, like the revelation of a grumpiness came through my wife. Few weeks ago with the building thing, I was really down. And she called it out. And I'm glad she did. In the moment I didn't. She's like, you, you're being a downer. I'm like, ah, I'm not being a downer. That's when you know you're being a downer, when you get louder. <laughs> and then I then I went and meditated about it. I was like, she's right. I'm letting this building thing get the best of me. So I had to repent of that and say, you know what, God, I need to adjust my attitude here because I'm not you. I'm gonna trust you in this process. Right? But sometimes the people closest to us that can say that, yeah. right? that we have a relationship with. So here's some questions, church. I pray you minister to yourself this week. And let the Holy Spirit speak to you in your sacred place. Find a place and say, how is my obedience to God's word? Am I growing in humility? Because pride is a natural state. Am I more tender and compassionate? I believe the more you walk with the Lord, the more tender he makes you. Like, there's no way I would be crying to a rap song if the Lord wasn't working in my heart. Trust me. Because I'd be leaning back in my natural self. You ever see people in church, they know they need to worship, but they're like trying to play hard. Say, why? Why? Why are you resisting something that's good for you? Come on. Something that's healthy for you. Become more tender. Become more compassionate. It's a beautiful thing. Am I more in love with Jesus? Walk with him for a while. You should grow in that love with him. 
Am I more in love with this church? Because I, I, I can't say I love Jesus and I love his church. Because he said you can't separate them. Like our society likes to do. I, I love God, but I don't need to go to church. Well, you don't. You just don't. You, you like the idea of loving God. But they don't necessarily love God. Go, go on to the last ones. Am I seeking to reach the lost? This has been speaking to me. I'm going to do a message on this. Maybe next week, the week after. Because if we're, not, if we're not wanting to reach others, then the grace has stopped flowing. If it's all about me, trust me, you're running out of grace. Do I have a servant's heart? Because Jesus said he came to serve. And he's like, those who follow me want to be like me. Do I have a servant's heart? Am I accountable? Hello, somebody. Oh, I just do whatever I want to do. I'm, I'm free to do. But the Bible says use your freedom to be a blessing and to serve others. Am I more generous? Because we serve a generous God. You cannot outgive God. And I don't mean just money. I mean, am I generous with my time? Am I generous with my compliments? That will mess you up. Just learn to be a person that compliments. Because sometimes all someone needs is a word of encouragement. Compliment someone once in a while. It's a huge blessing. And lastly, speaking of that, some people I only hear from them when something is wrong. Why is that? Why was the last time you're like, Pastor, thank you so much for that message? Why is it that I, some people I only hear from them when they think something is wrong? There's something wrong there. Because if we have a relationship, it shouldn't just be when something's wrong. You should also bring compliments and encouragement and a blessing to others. Like, some people show up on my Facebook page only when they have a negative comment. It's like, what's wrong with you? I posted a hundred things the last week. Where were you? Yeah, come on. But you showed up on the one thing that you have a hard problem with. And I say a hard problem with. Why? Why are we so obsessed? We want to put other people down. Why are we so obsessed with being right? What's that taking us? And lastly, am I enjoying life? Got to enjoy this life. It's short. I just did a funeral. Short. Got to enjoy this life. God gave you life to enjoy. In a way that you don't have to regret anything. I believe in enjoying life that the next day I'm like, I'm glad I did that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'll do that again. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you, church. Come on, are you blessed this morning? My soul, my responsibility. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. For more information on New Life and all of our campuses, log on to www.atnewlife.org.